supersonic. 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 Welcome to Supersonic Hospitality Marketing with me, Mark McSee, where we meet the most interesting people in hospitality, marketing, business, and beyond to hear tips, tricks, and tales to help your brand boom. This podcast is sponsored by Vita Mojo, the all-in-one restaurant management platform helping operators grow ATV, reduce tech complexity, and serve guests better. And now, here's a quick word from our sponsors. Vita Mojo is proud to be the headline sponsor of the Supersonic Marketing Podcast. Vita Mojo transforms chaos into confidence for hospitality operators worldwide, empowering brands to streamline order management and take control of their business. With its flexible end to end order management system, Vita Mojo gives you one central place to manage your menu across every channel, brand, and location. But Vita Mojo is much more than an out of the box software solution. The VitaMojo team are with you every step of the way, providing the partnership you need, the technology you want, and the experience your guests deserve, all in one place. VitaMojo will help you adapt to whatever the world throws at your hospitality business. For more information, visit vitamojo.com supersonic. Want to be recognised as one of the most innovative and best-performing brands in our sector? I'm James Haken, the founder of Restaurant Marketer and Innovator, and here to tell you it's your time to shine. Our 2024 awards are open for entry with 13 categories. Join the likes of Brewdog, McDonald's, Turtle Bay, Box Park, Fuller's, Grind, Gales and Rick Stein restaurants who have all picked up wins in recent years. Visit restaurantinnovator.com to find out more information and apply. Hello, how are you doing? I'm just fresh out of a brilliant live podcast, which it's been a while since I've done one of those at Hospitality Tech Expo, and that was at XL in London. I tell you what, that Elizabeth line is an absolute godsend. Just fantastic in terms of getting it all the way across that massive schlep that it is from central London out to XL. So I think a lot of the shows out there are going to do really well now because it's so easy to get over there. So great to bump into lots of hospital people and get lots of hugs and get energy from them and also really excited for the podcast. So this is a Vita Mojo special and the guys at Vita Mojo have very kindly pulled together a couple of their clients to have a bit of a chat and talk about all their tips, tricks and tales in tech and the journey from a one-site trial all the way to being fully embedded with Vita Mojo at Leon. So we've got some great guests on this podcast and they do most of the talking, you'll be glad to hear. So we've got the brilliant maverick that is Mariam French and she's the marketing director at Leon. And we also have Andrew Brooke, who's the head of information technology, IT, 
at Tortilla. And we've got a special guest appearance from Megan, who is the brilliant marketing director at Tortilla. She's our motivational and moral support in the audience. So it was a nice packed crowd. We had lots to say. Hopefully the audience learned loads and loads. And I hope that you learn loads and loads from it too. The sound is hopefully pretty good. I think we did quite well. We got a direct feed that cut out a lot of the hum and the noise of the XL Hall. But I think you'll get a lot out of it. And I will see you on the other side. Hello, everyone. Um, thank you so much for taking the time to come to our live podcast, which is really just a panel show that's getting recorded, but it makes it sound kind of jazzy, right? It's quite good. Um, so I'm Mark McCulloch, and I'm the host of the Supersonic Hospitality Marketing Podcast, where there's hundreds of episodes available to give you tips, tricks, and tales to help your brand boom. And that's available on Apple, Amazon, Google, and also Spotify. So if you have trouble sleeping, download it and it'll send you straight off to sleep. So it's very, it's good, good value. Okay, so I'll just do a really cheesy intro and then we'll get into the podcast and more importantly, we'll get to talk to our guests. So it gives me the most Vita Mojo tech-tastic pleasure ever to introduce our live podcast panel here at Hospitality Tech Show XL London. Can I have a little cheer? Can we have it better than that? Better, better, thanks. <laughs> I know it's not America, but we've got to try. Um, okay, so today we've got two very special guests that I'm really privileged to have sitting beside me. And we're going to talk all things hospitality tech, QSR, food and drink that are lovingly made, um, and also just talk about their tech journeys and what the different stages are that they're at and some of the challenges you might face and some tips to help you through your digital journey. So we'll introduce the guests. Firstly, we have Mariam French, hey, little shoulder shimmy, uh, from Leon Restaurants, who's the marketing director and lots of other things that we'll hear about. And also we have Andrew Brooke, who is the head of information technology. I like that you wrote it out properly, not IT, information technology, in case anyone wondered what that meant, um, uh, Art Tortilla. And we've also got Tortilla's marketing director in the audience as well. So any questions, you want to sell your stuff to them, we'll catch them later. Okay, so we're just going to have a little introduction. So, Mariam, could you just tell us a bit about your journey to getting, not to Excel today, but to the job you're in? Uh, and we could just hear how that has been going for you. Well, my journey to Excel was actually really easy. So that's that's cool. Um, so yeah, I, I've been in the industry for 13, more than 13 years now, 14 years. And I started off at a bakery volume up. Can we turn the mics up a little bit? Can it's we the first time yeah. I've ever been told that I'm not talking loud enough. It's quite <laughs> impressive. Um, yes, yeah, so 13, 14 years in the industry, started off at a bakery manufacturer for 10 years where I headed up marketing and product development. Then I started my own restaurant. So I wanted to leave corporate hospitality and actually start my own restaurant. Um, so did it uh, with a couple of private equity investors. Uh, my God, was that a hustle. And so I know firsthand what a hustle opening and running a restaurant is. And now I'm at Leon. I've been there for over two years and it's kind of the perfect blend of being a supplier, operator, 360. Yeah, it's great. Best of both worlds. Andrew? 
Hi, guys. Um, yeah, Andrew, uh, head of IT at uh, Tortilla. I've uh, been with Tortilla since uh, March this year. Um, brought in to really drive uh, their technological change as, as a business and, and lead on our digital journey, which we're, we're in the early stages of. Um, prior to that, I was with the US uh, grocery store Whole Foods uh, for about four years. So out of the hospitality world and, and more into grocery and, and retail and supermarket. Um, and before that, was uh, in a similar role at, at Pod uh, for a few years. Um, and then before that, uh, back in 2015, uh, headed up uh, IT at Itsu. Well, in terms of digital journeys, as I said, the guys are at a very different stage. So we might go for the black belt version first, which is Mariam, um, who's the, the tech master um, of all things touchscreen. So it would be just good to hear about the journey to where you're at now, but also in terms of any tips or tricks or things to avoid. Um, but it'd just be good to get a sense of that because you're very tech forward now as a brand. So I'm going to caveat this. So I'm obviously marketing director. Andrew brings so much technical experience. I'm going to approach all the questions from a, I guess, a brand and a guest perspective. So yes, Leon, I guess we're on a very different part of our journey to Tortilla. So if I give you some numbers, so you can get a scale of where we're at. We've got now digital ordering across 50 out of 53 equity-owned restaurants. Um, we started that rollout in 2020, did a trial back end of 2019 and started rolling out 2020. So to have that into most restaurants is, was, was quite some feat. Um, we launched our own native app as well in 21, at the start of 21. Um, so yeah, so we're quite far onto the journey. It has been a few years and I, what I would say is every day is absolutely still learning. Um, we make loads of mistakes, we're learning and I think both brands are super agile and you have to stay agile um, working with tech and digital. In terms of challenges and learnings, my God, how many do I have to give? <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've got time. <laughs> so I guess the first one was layout. So I'm sure many restaurant chains and multi-site operators are the same. No one restaurant is the same. So how do we look at that guest journey and say where the kiosks are going to be um, versus the tills? How do we manage that guest flow of click and collect versus kiosk ordering versus just someone that wants to go and speak to a human being at the till? So that's been a challenge. We have to think about, you know, the interior layouts. We have to think about signage and every restaurant is different. So that's been somewhat of a, a challenge. Um, the second piece is around guest behavior. So I was really early on into implementing digital kiosks into restaurants. And I still remember sitting in restaurants and watching guests and guests being super confused as to where to go. Um, guest happiness, customer service also sits within my team. And we were getting, you know, guest feedback. You know, we don't understand why you've done this, Leon. Um, doesn't make sense. And that was a real journey to try and shift that guest behavior in our restaurants with correct signage and communication. And now, and, and the good news is we track um, what our guests think of our ordering process. And now delighted to say for the last 12 months consistently, our ordering process gets really high ratings of like 4.6 out of five, one of our highest. Um, and now I'm delighted that I sit in a restaurant and I observe guests. I'm that weirdo. When you go into a Leon, I'm the one sitting there watching guests as they come in and just seeing guest behavior. Now it's just so nice to see guests walk in our regulars and they know exactly where they're going. You know, they, they still get to chat to the teams. Um, but seeing that shift has taken some time. 
Andrew, what about you? You're at the baby steps end of things at Linden Wall. Yeah, other end of the spectrum, um, really. I think obviously tortilla is a is a very very different business, and I guess our, our business and a and our brand, and that's I think a really important thing for me. I, I'm obviously biased in terms of technology, but the technology has to fit the brand. And tortilla have done a lot of thinking um, about how how we go about it. The you know uh, Californian Californian taqueria is about the fun and the theatre of building the food, seeing the fresh food built in front of you. Um, so I had a tough job on my hands when I came in uh, earlier this year to, to really sell it to, to probably uh, uh, Richard, our CEO, more than anyone. Um, and he kindly entrusted in me um, to launch our concept store in London Wall, um, where we've partnered with Vita Mojo to go kiosk only uh, for the first time. Um, and I think it's important to remember what our, our challenges that we're trying to overcome are. and that's ultimately throughput and serving customers quicker in our central London locations. Um, I think it's important we're, with our national brand that, that digital kiosk technology will not work anywhere. And I'm not going to drop it in a store where it's not going to solve the throughput challenge. It's absolutely not a head cutting exercise. I think that's, that's something important to remember. As soon as our team members hear the word self-service kiosks or self-service checkouts, that's they automatically think, you know, oh, a robot's taking over my job. Um, in London Wall, we've actually increased our, our labor in that store um, by moving away from one production line to three production lines that, that are back of house. Um, but it's great. The customer can still clearly see the food being made. They can go up and talk to the team preparing the food and, and ask to see the food. So we've tried to strive a really uh, good balance between, uh, between the human and, and, and the digital piece. Um, and I'm really pleased to say we've had some great success in terms of throughput uplift. Um, we've broken sales records in that store um, as, as well as ATV. Um, and a really important decision for me was making sure that I partner with, with the right company. Um, and Vita Mojo have, have been great. Um, they really understand our brand. They're, they're not just a technology company, right? They're, they're operators, they're marketers, um, and they've been fantastic to work with um, on that project. So yeah, first, first, uh, first step on what is going to be an exciting and long journey over the, over the coming years. Just in terms of then the robots taking over, you know, yeah. our new overlords um, and all the rest of it. So I want to be as kind as I can, just in case. But in terms of that, it comes up all the time where very much old school restaurateurs come along and say, oh, this is killing hospitality. Um, you know, it's all about the human experience. And actually, it's from their personal point of view. But I think recent statistics, I think it was from Forbes, said 62% of people wanted after COVID, wanted to be able to order from an app or a touchscreen and these types of things. So have these dinosaurs got it wrong? Like, what? how do you balance that, you know, beautiful brand that you have and fun brand that you have, at Tortilla? How do you balance that and not take away the human interaction when it is so digitally forward? I guess I can go first. I think, uh, to reiterate my point from earlier, uh, kiosks and digital ordering from a physical in-store perspective is only probably going to work in 20% of our stores um, outside where the, the whole reason for our, our digital journey with kiosks is, is throughput. 
Um, so outside of that, we will retain our, our traditional model. Um, a lot of it comes into the physical layout of the stores and, and not have having the space. Um, so I, I think it's it is we've always got to, on our digital strategy journeys. Always remember what the problem we're trying to solve is, and that is, that is throughput. Um, you know, we've launched a, an evening campaign recently, and it's important that, that the kiosks fit into that environment as well, which is something that we've been really, really keen to do. Yeah, that, that human question. So I, I'm going to answer it, and then I'm going to go to the people side, the team element as well, because I think there's an interesting conversation around that being really open and transparent. So um, the human element at Leon. So our brand, we pride ourselves that you walk into a Leon, you should have an experience that is full of sunshine. And pre the digital kind of ordering journey at Leon, you'd get that instant warmth as soon as you walked in and you go straight to the till and place your order. Now, with guests having to go to the kiosks, our teams are like, well, how, how do we give that big warm welcome? How do I give that sunny experience? So what we've had to do is just shift our thinking a little bit. So on the actual ordering experience, I put a lot of pressure on our digital providers, Vita Mojo, to make sure firstly that that ordering process is really functioning and that we're not adding any hassle or any negatives to a guest journey. Secondly is does it look and feel vibrant so that sunshine is coming across with the imagery, the colors, the food, does it still look delicious? Um, and, and I guess the, um, the, 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 the next bit was trying to kind of take our team on a journey which was around just because you're not bringing that sunshine and warmth right at the beginning, it means when you do your expo and you're handing over the food, that's where that's the opportunity to have that connection. You make eye contact. You wish you wish that guest a good day. Have a little chat. Call them by their name if it feels appropriate. Um, and and so that's been a real shift in having to change that. And as a result, we've changed a few roles in the environment, moving a few roles around. Um, so yeah, so it's. It's it's a difficult one, and there's we're always learning, yeah. um, and then just on the people piece as well, being really open and transparent. Because I think sometimes there's not enough openness in this industry, right? Especially at the moment, when we were first rolling out kiosks, really, when we would have a guest write in and say, "Oh, Leon, I never thought you would be the brand that would bring in digital ordering. Always thought we could rely on Leon to keep it with the humans." And honestly, at the time when we were in a real labor shortage and we'd have every single day a GM ring us up and say, I've had three team members not turn up front of house. So you know what? I'm going to have to redeploy them into the kitchen or they're going to be having to do 300s around the, around the restaurant clearing up. Actually, digital ordering enabled us to have that throughput and still be able to take all our guests' orders and just redeploy and shift teams. So that was actually one of the reasons we could stay really agile and alive, effectively, and keep taking orders. Um, so yeah, it was really from a functional perspective. And we had to take our teams along that journey as well to say, this isn't about robots taking your, your jobs. Actually, it's to make your life easier so you can focus on having that interaction and get making sure the food's perfect every time. So. I just just on that point while we're swapping microphones um i think it's really important that everything comes from having a strong brand right if you don't have a strong brand in the first place then your touch screen or app experience will be cold and dull and rubbish um so the three rules really are define your brand embed it well through any journey that you have and that's when you're actually being served or it's after the event crm to bring you back 
And then it's about amplifying that through the people inside out and then on the outside as well. So I was just doing some jazz hands where we swap microphones. No, I think I was, I was just going to add one final point. One, one area that's been a real success for us is in, in our London Wall store. We're lucky enough to have a fantastic GM, um, Raf, and that role that he plays as the host, welcoming people in, guiding them to the kiosk. That's been instrumental in making sure that that project's been a success. You cannot just jump, jump the technology in there without without still that human uh, element with, uh, in that host role has been pivotal for us. Hi, here's a quick message for all hospitality operators who want to reward, recognise and retain their brilliant teams. I want to introduce you to my new friends at Grateful. Grateful is a revolutionary cashless tipping and trunk platform disrupting tipping all across hospitality. Grateful's mission is to help create a more grateful world for hospitality teams by building the best tipping platform out there that is truly built around your business, as Grateful understands just how unique your business and team are. So, if you're a restaurant, hotel, bar or cafe, and no matter if you're a national chain or just a single site, Grateful simplifies Trunk for you by using their tech know-how to provide 100% transparency for your teams. Grateful streamlines your operational overheads through API integrations into your EPOS, Rota, Payroll and more that takes the headache of handling tipping away for you and your teams. Grateful are a fast-growing, ambitious team that are fanatical about customer service and are always striving to do the right thing for you. With the new legislation just around the corner, it would be worth chatting to Mason and the team at Grateful to see how you can modernise your tipping for a happier team and a happier business. To find out more, please visit Grateful.com. That's G-R-T-F-L.com. That's G-R-T-F-L.com now. creative agency for the hospitality sector, Saved by Robots create compelling brands and memorable experiences through great design and engaging storytelling. From Scottish Restaurant of the Year Sugar Boat to Tip Jar, the digital tipping platform that's taken over the world, Saved by Robots excel at bringing ideas to life. As well as developing new concepts and refreshing existing brands, the robots provide outsourced graphic design to help multi-site operators grow with confidence. Check out their work and get in touch at savedbyrobots.com. Has, has anyone been to London Wall yet, Tortilla? Well, yeah, the marketing director, I'd be, hope, I'd be hoping so. Um, <laughs> um, and then use Leon. Anyone use Leon Touchscreens app? All that? Yeah, it's worth checking out for sure. Um, are you seeing sales go up in terms of increased greedy Scottish people having an extra wee thing when they're on the screen? Are you seeing that type of thing happening? I think for us, it's it's throughput driving it. There's there's no longer really a queue in that store. Um, whereas previously, we didn't really have a data point. And I think this is another interesting point. We now have a data point of that customer journey, right? Um, but you'd go to London Wall Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you'd probably be waiting 15, 20 minutes to get out the door with your, your burrito. There is very rarely a queue there now. So ours has been driven by throughput with a little bit of ATV, yeah. uh, an upsell on there as well. Yeah. Are we extra halloumi something or other? So we did, when we 
first started rolling out kiosks, we did a really in-depth trial where we had one what we call non-kiosk restaurant, so traditional till restaurant, and then a kiosk restaurant. And we did actually measure ATV um, on both and hands down 8% growth on ATV for every restaurant that had digital ordering. Um, what we've also done to complement digital ordering as well, because you know what it's a bit of a challenge with the guest journey for us we generally don't want sometimes everyone to be really browsing the whole menu on a, in in Moorgate, Leon, and taking loads of time. So what we also implemented, and we moved away from printed menus. So we don't have printed menus, we have digital menus. So like digital screens in a landscape orientation. And as well as a functional menu on there, we'll also design takeovers. So we'll just have some marketing, big messages on takeovers. And again, um, kind of at the beginning of the year when we were a bit lighter on innovation on our menu at the start of the year, we. I just did some kind of general designs on existing hero dishes. And through that, we actually saw 43% uplift yeah. on those hero dishes, which yeah. I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Like marketing works, guys. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, um, it's, such, it's such a funny thing. I had a client a while ago that will remain nameless, but all they used to do at train stations, which might give you a clue, when just basically pumped their highest margin uh, items at all times. And funnily enough, marketing works. That's what's sold. Yeah. So are you seeing opportunities to put the higher margin things up there, dynamic pricing, all that sort of stuff going on? 100%. I mean, that's classic category analysis yeah. stuff, right? So we would plot all our kind of dishes by category, by like high margin, low margin, high sales, low sales, yeah. plot the matrix, and then you yeah. know what your hero dishes are, you know what might need a little bit of a price increase. Or, yeah, 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 yeah. And what are they? Can you see what your t big ones are? Well, so for breakfast, it's 100% halloumi, avo, muffin, um, sausage and egg muffin for lunch. Our classics like aioli, chicken rice box, satay. Nice, cool. What about you? Is there opportunities for yeah uh, bigger I, margin products and things like that? Upsells. Yeah, I guess customization is is what our brand is about, yeah. and enjoying that, right, and making that as easy as it possibly can. I think um, there were some products that when you're under pressure at at a tortilla line that you don't know we actually sell like our house burritos it's, yeah. you know we get an example to really really push that and i think we're we're in our as i've said in our really early days of our journey and we're we're learning every day and we'll continue to do so i think the important thing for me is i can now give megan the data to make decisions and accurate reliable data whereas previously we've we've struggled somewhat to be able to to produce that um we, we can make and that's so important in this day and age is to be able to make a decision based on reliable data and but she still did a good job yeah. <laughs> <laughs> even when guessing <laughs> right so last couple of things um uh, not last couple of things but next couple of things to talk about where hospitality sometimes is seen as a poor cousin to so much of the rest of the world in terms of retail and e-com and automotive and tech brands and all these things so are we seeing hospitality catch up or are we miles behind the pace of how retail are having multi-channel or omni-channel experiences discuss? Um, we were talking about that before. So, I mean, how far away are we? I mean, you're the yeah, I guess, yeah, I can, I can bring some experience from, from Whole Foods in terms of retail and hospitality. And then obviously you had it. Amazon into into the mix on on that one. Um, I think first and foremost is we've got different challenges in hospitality, right? It's it, 
I keep saying it, we're, we're trying to improve throughput and, and productivity. And at the end of the day, people are coming into our restaurants for, for the personal experience, especially since COVID, right? And that's not necessarily the case. Maybe Whole Foods, yes, but other uh, high street retailers, n- not so much. And I think um, those guys are really concentrating on that kind of omni-channel, multi-channel experience. Whereas we've, we've got to be focused on, on the customers in, in our restaurants and, and being more to more customers. How can we surprise and delight our delivery customers and make sure that is experience is, is very same, similar to, to the in-restaurant um, experience? I also think they've got a, a lot larger basket size than, uh, than the old burrito, right? Which does change what you can do. Um, I think, uh, you know, Amazon have, in the US really pushing their, their just walk out technology. Um, I, I know there's been some issues with that in the, in the UK and that, that growth has slowed down. So, you know, could, could we look at that type of technology in, in a tortilla? Um, probably not, because I think the, the human experience means a lot uh, to at least the UK consumer anyway. I, I don't know if retail have nailed it, though, if I'm honest, in terms yeah. of a like a, a grocery perspective. Like in my, if I think about my my local store, so I've got lo- Sainsbury's local. They've in themselves got two different kiosks. They vary in speed. One, you can, if you buy anything loose, you can't waste. So you have to go back to the till. Um, one is fine. Then Tesco, they have different formats of kiosks. I went to one the other day, which was this format where you go through the store it must be because of high theft i live in a great area um it must be because of high theft but you go through an area and then you have to take the receipt to scan to get out and then i always forget to take my receipt so i'm always stuck at the gate and have to wait for someone so i think the fact that they are testing so much between themselves on kiosks i I don't know if they've nailed it yet so i think there's definitely still some learning from from a grocery perspective anyway where i think they have nailed it is loyalty so i think their loyalty programs in like grocery high street is is they've really nailed it we do a survey every year to like our club of three hundred thousand people and one of the questions i always ask is about loyalty do you use loyalty schemes which ones do you use and such a high percentage i want to say about 80 to 90 percent say yes they use a loyalty scheme and secondly it's always the boots the sainsbury's nectar tesco club card so i think that is where they have absolutely their light years ahead but there is some really cool stuff happening in hospitality and loyalty so we we work with vita mojo we launched our app in 2021. Um, we do a traditional kind of earn as you burn style loyalty program. It's okay. Um, we're working with Itamojo now on what, what that can look like next year. Um, we've got about 3% of our sales that goes through the app at the moment. But like I hand on heart think that could be double easily. 10% next year with some of the developments that are happening in loyalty and there's some cool stuff we talked about omni-channel there's some cool stuff happening with Vita Mojo around like because we've got a grocery line how can I enable guests who buy Leon in grocery to also earn their loyalty points on an, on their app so there is some really cool offline omni-channel stuff happening as well um, and then Vita Mojo also have digital stamp cards that they've rolled out with um, different brands and they've got tiered loyalty. So there is some cool stuff. We're catching up and there is some cool stuff happening. Yeah. I think some of the problems sometimes with tech and what the retailers are doing, and this is clothes and e-com and all these things, is they just make more money than we do. You know, the margins are better and all that. So I guess one of the things people might be thinking in the audience is, well, that's all very well if you're a big company to have all this digital 
what if I'm a single site or what if I'm a small group of restaurants, small operator? You know, you've had that experience, Mariam. What would you say to that? You know, are there other ways to do digital at the at the smaller levels? Yeah, it's interesting. So when I had my own restaurant, I had to source and find my own tech stack um, and pod systems. And it was really difficult because I worked, you know, my investors were private equity. They were used to building, buying 100 million pound brands. And so they were used to like the big boys. I'm not going to name any names, but the big boys in the POS world. And I think I made I made some mistakes in the POS provider I chose at the time. And I think my biggest piece of advice for a single unit or small brand is, and it's, it's the same when I'm choosing a PR agency or, or anywhere, I always think, make sure that you're not a little fish in a big pond. Make sure you're a big fish in a little pond so you'll get that agility, that advice, that one-on-one support. Because I very much was a little fish in a big pond didn't know what the hell I was doing, was working 120 hour weeks. My brain wasn't functioning. I just wasn't getting the support that I needed. So that's what I would say. And I think it's important as well, you know, if you are starting out on your digital strategy and your digital journey, you know, whether it is in store or loyalty or whatever, I mean, reach out to, you know, Vita Mojo and, and, you know, that ecosystem of great suppliers that we have out there. They'll help you, you know, oh yeah, yeah. And, and you guys, you know, and you'll be able to tell them, you know, your experiences and help out, you know, so we're a bit of a big family in hospitality anyway. So everyone's always helping each other out. So everyone's playing the long game. So it's fine. It's fine. Um. And then just in terms of digital strategy then, uh, we were talking about this just before we come in. Where do you start? How do you figure out you need one? What happens apart from putting into chat GPT, I need a digital strategy, please. You know what? How do you go about it? You've got to always remember the problem you're trying to solve. I said it at the start today. I'll never just put technology in for the sake of putting it in. We've got to remember the problem that, that exists, right? And when I met... Richard and Andy at Tortilla back this time last year, you know, the throughput challenge and, and data was was all that we were talking about. This, as I say, wasn't labor cutting and labor savings. It's get, taking it back to, to what is the, the problem that we're, we're trying to solve here, right? And always remembering that. And I think, you know, we spoke about it a little bit, data and having reliable data has to be at the heart of, of digital strategy and, and understanding our customers in this day and age when it's cutthroat out there and we need every customer we can possibly get through the doors and, and having data and understanding our customers is so vital and that they, that should be the foundation of a of a digital strategy in my opinion what about you mariam well so we because ours was post-covid we had some kind of functional requirements and some um kind of more commercial requirements and i guess yeah absolutely keep the guests at the heart of everything you do keep your food at the heart of everything you do um and use your use your systems like we so everyone at leon hq has to use the app to place an order so we're our number one bug testers we also have a certain amount of days that we go in and just test our kiosks in the restaurants we sit and work in our restaurants looking at our digital screens um so i'd say you know we're really far two two and a bit years down the line of implementing digital it's pretty much in 90 percent of our estate and we are still learning every day listen to your guests as well so 100 percent get your guest feedback directly into the team that are doing digital implementation because it shouldn't sit as a old it project it should sit in your in your get you know it's part of your guest experience so make it the fabric of of what you're doing and be agile be prepared to be agile change and tweak and 
Brilliant. Well, I think um, we'll wrap things up there. Was there any, like, one or two quick questions from the audience? Or are you just thinking about lunch? Go on. Awesome. Hi, guys. How you doing? Um, just a quick one. Um, in terms of, like, when you're implementing the kiosks, I know, Angie, you said that you had to go from one production line to three. Did you see a translation over to the delivery side as well in terms of an improvement of your operational metrics, whether that's from the reviews of orders where there wasn't as many missed orders or items weren't going, um, they're missing, for example, and things like that. And then the same for Leon as well. Like when you did the side-by-side testing of the store with kiosk and without, did you see that translation over across to the delivery side of the business as well? Yeah, I think um, I, I spoke about being more to more people and, and the delivery um, side of things. Our orders now, whatever channel they're from, be it from the kiosks, uh, the delivery aggregators, our click and collect platform. Our guys, you know, on, on the line uh, making the burritos now, uh, it's all one one channel, right? Now, so the same effort is going into the in-store customer. So, so we're one customer, whichever channel that they're coming from. And I think for us, now that, um, you know, the guys aren't so under pressure with customers right up against them, they've got a queue of 30 people out, out of the store, they can really concentrate on on making sure that that food is is brilliant and and correct for every every customer that, that we have so um and we, we've got some platforms in place that help us with the missing items that help us an- analyze uh reasons for refunds and, and it's really helped us on that improving that delivery side of things we're very very similar so we've we've got some solutions in there to help us i think number one you'll never hear a marketing person say this not but data and we 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 live by our reports so our missing item reports we have a delivery um operations excellence team that works directly with our restaurants as well on improvements i think there's probably some improvements we can do in terms of efficiencies to make lives easier for teams you know multiple tablets etc um but ultimately, I think our biggest, so we've increased our percentage sales for delivery overall as a business. As our business grows as well, our percentage for delivery actually increases as well. But I think what has the bigger impact is actually working with your partners. So we're not exclusive with any one partner. We work with them all. Um, and we have very different plans and approaches and kind of strategies. That, that's what I would say was the bigger the bigger win is work much more closely with your, with your partners on driving that visibility comms and then just get the data and make sure you're working with restaurants on the kind of operational piece. Great. Okay. I think that's us time up. Thanks so much for coming along. Thanks to our guests and thanks to Vita Mojo. Big round of applause. Thank you. So there we go. A fantastic live episode straight from Hospitality Tech Expo in Excel. And that was on the 10th of October, 2023. Thanks so much to Vita Mojo for pulling the panel together and helping write the questions. That was a huge relief because I really wanted to get to all of the gritty details of what it takes to have a digital strategy and implement it with Vita Mojo. Thanks so much to Mariam French, the marketing director at Leo. Also, thanks to Andrew Brook, who is the head of information technology, an absolute font of knowledge of all things digital and just great experience working with Whole Foods and seeing into that Amazon world. Thanks so much for listening and I'll see you next week. This podcast is sponsored by Vita Mojo, the all-in-one restaurant management platform helping operators grow ATV, reduce tech complexity and serve guests better. Just visit 
vitamojo.com forward slash supersonic and get in touch with the team right away. That's vitamojo.com forward slash supersonic. So this is me, Mark McSee, signing off for another podcast and I'm really looking forward to the next time we're together. Next time, we'll hear from many, many more interesting people with top tips, tricks and tales that will make your brand boom. Boom.